Father, you're highly exalted in your power and in your glory. And this is why we want to continue trusting you in every situation. Your word teaches that you've established your throne in heaven and your kingship reigns overall in every kingdom of the world and every place and every position, King of Majesty. We want to, re to repent, Lord, in every situation where we've not trusted you and we've counted on our own intellect and on our own understanding and wisdom. We want to pray that you forgive us, King of Majesty. But as we start this year, as we embark on you, we want to pray that you shall be the center of our focus in everything that we do. And we are waiting on you and we are counting on you, Lord of Majesty and Lord of Glory. We bless you because of who you are. We want, Lord, to submit our lives unto you and surrender them in every way because of who you are. We bless you, King of glory. We worship you. Be highly exalted in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed and believed. And all the people of the Lord say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory unto the Lord Almighty that reigns over each and everything because of uh, who he is. My name is uh, Leverand David Kabwa that is reaching you with the word of God, to the glory of God, reaching the church of Christ without borders, my friend. In him we move, live, and have our being, and you therefore cannot be established in any way outside him. I know life has lots of illusions, and even as you plan this year, I know that people have made plans, people have made lots of New Year resolutions, but my question is, where is God in your plans? How do you expect um, you know, the, the, the ant heel, I mean, to be to be alive and kicking without um, the, the queen mother in there. How do you expect it? How do you expect you to, I mean, your life to have a meaning and to have purpose and to have proper direction without you having God at the center? And therefore, friends, we are embarking on this series and um, we want to trust the Lord uh, to lead us. Recently, um, no, 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 last year, I, I, one of my good, good friends um, is a pastor also. He's, his name is Leverand Simon Peter Demeria Yesu. He was uh, officiating at uh, a funeral at a barrio in Duero. And um, there was a lady that had lost a son, a grown-up boy, grown-up man. And the, at, at the barrio, you know how people cry and they moan and, and in pain. And they're like, oh, I've lost him. I've lost him. I don't know what I'm going to do without him. They should bury me instead with him. They should simply bury me instead. Simon is, is, is as stubborn as sometimes I am, uh, as I actually am in the spirit. So he stopped everyone else and he said, wait a minute. There's a point here. There's a point that uh, Mama here is making. What, what did you say, Mom? What did you say? You want to be buried with your son? And then the lady went like, uh, not exactly, Leveran. That is not exactly what I said. <laughs> you see that? Friends, in life, there are things that you've chosen to trust over and above God. You know, even when this particular lady could have been moaning in pain, but basically this gets to indicate or to reveal unto us the kind of position that this son of hers had in her life. You see, the Bible teaches and says that out of the abundance the mouth speaks. That is what it teaches in Luke 6. That is what it teaches. In Busoga, if you went for burial, I was in a particular place and I have roots over there, so I know what happens over there. Someone goes for burial, and the, particularly this happens with ladies. And someone is coming on the border border, and then she goes right ahead and asks the borderman, now, how much is it going to cost? I, I, I mean, how, how much is it? And then the border guy goes like 7,000. And, um, and, and then the lady goes like, eh, 
I mean, can't you give me a, a, a discount? Can't you reduce this? And then the guy goes like, mm -mm, the journey was very long. It will be seven. And the lady goes like, okay, that is fine. She pays. She's sober. She's understanding in her proper senses. Puts on, um, you know, a lesson very well. But then she moves and goes to the point of, um, of, of the funeral where everyone else is. And then all of a sudden, abruptly, she begins wailing at the top of her voice. Mama, Mufile, he's, he's dead. He's gone. What am I going to do without him? What am I going to do without him? Oh, he bought soap. He bought salt. He, you know, he was my life. And they begin <laughs> measuring everything and every good thing they knew about this person and how they meant the world to them. Friends, there is a way that we trust things and people over and above God. And oftentimes, ourselves. And this is why you find that people embark on the year and start off the year and they are basically um, exalting, exalting certain things, exalting themselves, counting on themselves, counting on their friends, counting on their hobbies, counting on all sorts of things except the Lord. Today I want to talk about a topic that is entitled Yourself with the Lord, Trust Him. Yourself with the Lord, Trust Him. My friend, as you start there, you're safe with him and unsafe anywhere else. That is our um, theme the, uh, today. That is our theme. The passage of our focus is a single verse in Psalm 103 and verse 19. Is a single verse in Psalm 103, verse 19. It says that the Lord, the Lord is sovereign. The Lord is sovereign and he has established his kingdom on high. The Lord has established his throne on high, some of your versions say, and his kingdom reigns over all. NIV. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord has established his throne on high, and his kingdom reigns over all. Friends, this is the psalm of David. And uh, when you go back to uh, verse 1, you get to see that basically David has been speaking about the goodness of the Lord. He's recounting the blessings that he has gotten out of the hand of the Lord and he's celebrating in his presence. Basically, that is what he is doing. So, and thereafter, what we get to see is he transits to get to look at um, the, the person of the Lord and the divinity of the Lord and he speaks of his goodness. And what he actually does is uh, he beholds the Lord in his majesty and splendor and his lordship in heaven. And he speaks of him as a self-existent being or deity. And he goes right ahead and he says that, you know, the Lord is sovereign. Sovereign. He reigns on high. And he has established his throne on high in the heavens, uh, you know, and his kingdom reigns over all. What David actually is saying here, what this particular verse means is one, he says that God is self-existent. Uh, you know, he is self-existent. He exists on his own. He has no origin. You cannot say he has a foundation. He is self-contained every in every way. He exists on his own. So that is what he says. Secondly, he goes right ahead to say that God has established his throne in heaven and this is twofold he means that god reigns over each and everything by mentioning 
mentioning the heavens, if you go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4, you realize that at one point Paul uh, transited or transitioned into the third heaven, which is um, the, the, the highest position in the heavenlies or in the spiritual realm. Now, if he says he has established a throne, he basically is speaking of dominion. He's speaking of power. But it is not a throne that is anywhere else. It is a throne that is in heaven. And not just in heaven, but in the third heaven. You see? Uh, that is what he says, uh, secondly. And thirdly, he says his kingdom doesn't just reign in heaven, but it reigns overall, everywhere. Praise the Lord. So this is what we are going to be looking at. I just wanted to give you kind of a roadmap. Now, initially, David says, um, the Lord, um, the Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom reigns overall. Now, first and foremost, David points to God as a self-existent, omnipotent, omniscient God. He is a God that came into being on his own. He is not being uh, created by anyone. He's not, you know, having a point of, 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 of starting. I, I guess you get to see that. That is the way that David portrays him. <laughs> you see, um, we've just uh, transited out of uh, the festive season. And uh, this is a common phenomenon. You get to see this, that uh, even when people claim to be Kampalans or people that come from Kampala, but you get to realize that Kampala was... Uh, virtually uh, deserted. It was kind of a ghost town. People were not in there. And people were loading stuff on WhatsApp and they were saying, um, they were showing pictures of um, well-bred people from Kampala and kids that are eating ice cream in the villages and they are seated on the couches and meanwhile the village boys without shirts and they are finally dressed. They are watching the Kampala people and they are saying, uh, and then someone sounded a, a, a caution and uh, they are saying, Kampala people, you're here to disturb our peace. <laughs> you see that? But virtually we are saying we are from Kampala, but Kampala in the festive season is, is basically empty. I have a friend um, whose village is in Tinda, except for a few people, um, like, 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 like my friend, um, I mean, many of us are going to go out to our villages in Namanganga, in Namioya, in Ndwademutwe, in Nwedemalwa, in Namasumbi. <laughs> you, you, you can basically mention your village. We are going to go over there. My friend, God doesn't have a village. Excuse me? God doesn't have a village. He does not pack up his bags and he says, I'm going to the village to where my, um, my ancestors are. Excuse me? Never. God doesn't have a judge. He doesn't. God never says, oops, I, I, I'm finished. I nearly missed this. And he says, you know, God does not swear by his judges. He doesn't swear by anyone. <laughs> he doesn't. God is self-existent. Now, when I was a young boy, I, I imagined, and you know, I love these things of God, and they're teaching me about God and his greatness in Sunday school. And you're saying, oh, how great a being he is. Oh, my and you're imagining, so God created everything. How did he come into being? How on earth did he come into being? And friends, I want to assure you, you can try it as well. Every time I ponder upon the greatness of God uh, in the wrong direction as to the point of wanting to find out how did God come into existence, my head virtually and, you know, literally act. Because you cannot ponder this. 
Paul writes and he says we now cannot understand everything. But when we get to see him, we shall understand, you know, everything. This is what God says. Now, the thing that really disturbs me is that when we get to the level of planning in our lives, when we, when we get to the level of planning, we do not trust God or we don't trust him as much as we should. And we rely on, on the people that we know. You know, you rely on your hubby. You, you, even when you call him honey, as if you're going to stir him in your tea and drink him. You call him baby, as if, you, as if you're going to buy him pampas. You're like, baby said, I cannot go to church today. I need to wait on him. And that kind of thing. We are trusting our husbands. We are trusting our hubbies, our girlfriends. You know, we are trusting them more than we should trust the Lord. You find someone, they are virtually sick. Why? You know, the, 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 their girlfriend is upset and you basically find them sick. Our bosses at work speak and they speak once and you find that we are trusting them more than we should trust God. We are counting on our own intellect and wisdom and understanding. Instead of trusting God, this man that came into being without anyone helping him. Why don't we trust the Lord? Why do you find that you're and why do you think that you're unsafe in the presence of the Lord in trusting the Lord? Why do you want to think that you're unsafe? And we are counting on our own wisdom. Friend, I want to assure you there were crossover overnights all over the country, and I bless the Lord for that kind of phenomenon. We want to bless Him. But I want to ask you where is God in those plans that you made, in the lists that you made, in your New Year resolutions? Where is God? Where is God? People have made all these lists. These are the 10 items that I'm pursuing. I'm building a new house, I'm getting a new boyfriend. People can even write that. Even when someone has a boyfriend, they go, they go like, I'm getting a new boyfriend. Not that they are discarding the old one. Not at all. They just want to, you know, be strategic for some reason and add someone for safety on their list. You know, uh, I'm building, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Oman, I'm going to Dubai, and that kind of stuff. Where is God in your planning? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to 7, it says, trust the Lord and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways count on him and he will prosper you you hear that we are leaning on our own understanding you're leaning on the phd that you have eh? because you're a professor because you have you're a phd holder you're leaning on that and in actual sense without due respect eh, doing a phd means that you know more of less <laughs> with no offense yeah because you're specializing in, in in a particular field you're leaning on your masters you're leaning on your on your degree you're leaning on all that stuff and you're saying i know how this works but god is saying wait a minute i'm the ancient of days i i was here long before the world was created created and in any case i'm in charge of this world i know how it works scientists you're counting on 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 principles and and formulae and stuff of that nature but just know that these are principles that have a connotation and unto the creation of the lord himself so this is what it is why not trust someone that was here before the times that that was here before time and space you see that is he's here right now and is going to be here long after the world is gone why not trust him why keep all your trust in a boda boda guy you know, I trust Mose. Mose, Mose does this thing and it goes very quickly. You know, why trust an operating system, a computer device? Why trust 
trust it more than we, we trust the Lord. Why trust Mr. Google? Eh? You know, just go to Google. He's going to tell you that. Why trust your GPS? I've driven on GPS and sometimes I've ended up <laughs> losing my way. Turn left, turn right. You know the GPS, when you, you, you lose your direction, it will keep directing you somehow. And in the process, you're going to lose it. But, I mean, who made the directions? Who made the north, east, and south? Who made it? Is it not the Lord? Friend, in your New Year resolutions, where is God? That is the million-dollar question. You've presented them before your pastors. You've, you've written them and made them, uh, you know, a, a, a priority list somewhere in your diary. You have them as a screenshot on your phone. But where is God? That is the question. Where is God? Start with him. Yourself with him. Why keep him out of your formula, out of the equation? It will not balance, my friend. I want to assure you that. Now, secondly, David says that he has established his one throne where? In heaven. And we said in our introduction that this basically points to what? To one dominion. Because when we speak of thrones, what he actually means is we are speaking of dominion. We are speaking of power. We are speaking of authority. We are speaking of control. This is what we are speaking about. Secondly, he says his throne is not just anywhere else. His throne is where? It is in the heaven. And I told you in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 4, you're going to re realize that there are not just, uh, there's not just one heaven, there are three heavens. And God, his place of abode is where? Is in the third heaven, according to 2 Corinthians 12, 4. Isaiah 66 teaches us and it says, that uh, the heavens is the Lord's seat and the earth is his footstool. How great is our God? I guess you realize that. So what David is pointing to here is that our God is the king of kings. He has a throne and it is, um, you know, exalted over and above every other throne, every other leader, every other, you know, influencer, whatever you may want to call it. In this power, the good news is when you go to Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 22 onwards, in this power is basically enshrined and made manifest in Christ Jesus, who is seated on the right hand of the Father, um, you know, enthroned far above over every um, throne and uh, principality and dominion and leader and ruler on the right hand of the Father. And the good news is that if you get to accept Christ, this same dominion um, is going to be exposed to you or you're going to reign with him. In Ephesians 1, 3, he says we are seated in the heavenly places uh, with him on the right hand of the Father. And this points to authority. <coughs> Excuse me. This points to authority. In France, this is what he's saying. That God controls each and everything. And everything makes sense in Christ Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. And uh, the absurd and um, the absurd situation that we have before us. And the sad news, my dear friend, is that we are not entirely submitting unto this man that is reigning over each and everything. We make our own plans. And yet he's reigning over each and everything. He's concerned about each and everything. Now, when you get to look at the other perspective, which will be the last one today, he says he has established his kingdom in heaven, uh, his throne in heaven, and his kingdom reigns over all. What he actually means here is that his lordship is not passive, is neither passive nor indifferent. 
it 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 would appear like god reigns on high and uh, he's basically um this big guy that says katimbuchi now uh, now what that are for what now god is not he's not in heaven simply seated neither is he indifferent about our situation he is not passively reigning. God is involved in our day-to-day -day situations, decisions, and therefore he wants to be involved in our day-to-day -day life decisions as you make them. In any case, our plans should be the plans of God. Our plans should simply fit into the plans of God. God is so big to fit into our plans. You do not simply say, I've planned this therefore God. I've come such that you will want. You bless my plans. Just come and rubber stamp them. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. God is not our brother. God is not our sister. <laughs> not at all. He's not our servant. It is not planning to be. We are meant to seek the will of God for our lives and therefore get to ask him, what plan do you have for us in this year? We are going to be speaking about that more in our subsequent teachings. But I want to bring out this point that says that God is not uh, passively reigning, neither is he indifferent about our situations. He is concerned about each and everything that concerns you. When you go to Matthew chapter 10 from verse um, 29, he says that um, are not two sparrows sold out for a penny, but not one of them shall fall on the ground without his notice. And in verse 10, he says, and God has numbered all the hairs on your head and ladies greetings this morning <laughs> i do not want to say that some of us have wigs i cannot say that how do i start saying that some of us have weaves eh? but just in case i said that eh? i mean would you know how much hair you have on your head plus um the 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 hair strands on your weave would you know how many you you uh, strands of hair you have on your head would you know that even if you don't have a wig right now and you've cut what was famously called the genet cut mm, you, you, you know even if you have that do you know how much hair you have on that how much hair you have on your head you wouldn't none of us knows friends he's saying i know basically how much hair is on your head now if you have a man that knows you to the i mean minutest of details in your life why not trust him why not trust him? Why trust a man that is going to dump you like used toilet paper the following day and go and find someone else and they are calling him baby. They are calling them baby. You see, why? And trust them with all your heart. And people have sung songs and they are saying, I'm into you and blah, 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 and that kind of stuff. And they are trusting fellow men. Instead of trusting the Lord and our plans are being driven towards or by particular people or particular situations. The word of the Lord cautions us in Psalm 146, in verse 3 and 4, and it says, Trust not in princes, for they are mere men. They are here today and tomorrow they are gone. That is what he teaches us. Friends, these princes and, and kings have honor, have authority, but one day they are going to die, or they actually die. In Uganda here, there used to be a king called King Mutesa. People loved him. He was a darling of so many. But friends, I want to tell you, he 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 is dead and so dead. You're going to find his, uh, I, I mean, his 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 body, his, his body over here in Kasubi. I mean, however much of a darling he was, he's actually dead. And God is saying, you cannot trust these princes. Do not trust kings. Their time is going to come, and they will surely go. They will surely pass on, and they shall go. Where are you putting your trust? 
The worst case scenario is where we are trusting ourselves and we are counting on our own wisdom. That is the worst case scenario. God is concerned about each and everything and he knows whatever is happening and is in charge. Let me show you something that is going to blow your mind. When you go to uh, the word of the Lord in um, in um, uh, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 33, Proverbs 16, 33 says that the Lord is cast by man, but even his decision is determined by the Lord. Yeah? <laughs> you see that? The, the Lord, some of your versions call it a vote. A, call it a vote. Now I know someone is saying, uh, Levran, come again. What did you say? Did you say votes are determined by <laughs> did you say votes are determined by God? Yes. Votes are determined by God. I hate you, Levran. Please do not hate me. You you mean even uh, even uh, um <laughs> so and so's vote was a uh, determined by God um the, the, even um, the now what vote do you mean I mean here what vote what election do you think I mean here and for me I mean of the LOC five chairperson of our place that is the one I mean well well what election did 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 do you think I was meaning here eh. Yeah, if, even the Lord is determined by God. This is why for me, I don't believe in coincidences. Actually, in the spiritual realm, there is nothing like coincidences. Never be duped. There is nothing like coincidences. This is why this year you've made a resolution and you're saying, I'm getting married. I'm getting an American height with a loaded wallet, blah, 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 blah. And you're taking your chances. There is nothing like that. Your life is mapped out by God. It is mapped out by God, and we shall be looking at this more. He speaks to Jeremiah, and he tells him in chapter 1, verse 4, that I knew you long before you were conceived in your mother's womb. This is what it says. Friends, to not be wise in your own understanding. God is saying that even no chances, everything is under his control. The problem is that once you don't submit to him, you cannot get to know this. You can't get to understand these sort of things. You can't understand his will for your life. You can't understand it. There is absolutely no way. So you're simply going to be moving by error and trial here and there. And friends, no one has gotten to live like that. Life is not a laboratory experiment for us to live it like that, for you to begin testing here and there. We've got to be certain we have a way that is mapped out in the Lord through Christ Jesus. Our fullness is in him. Our fullness is in the Lord himself. And this is what we need to understand, my dear friend, in everything that you do. There's a passage in uh, 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 34 uh, that says, you know, uh, this speaks of the death of King Ahab, who was an evil king that had been, uh, prior to this encounter, been cautioned by a righteous prophet called a prophet, um, um, by, by that, by, by, called prophet Micaiah, and he had cautioned him against going into that war. And he told him, you cannot make it. You die in that particular war. Now, in affirmation of the word of God in that direction, uh, the Bible teaches, actually, this guy had put off his royal robes so as to confuse the enemy. But the Bible teaches in First uh, Kings chapter 22 and verse 34 that a certain man in the army of Aram pulled his bow at random and he shot, uh, the, he shot Ahab in the joint of his armor and was wounded in his heart and he spoke to his guide that get me out of the war for i have been severely wounded are we hearing that now this was not 
a random shooting per se. It was a random shooting, yes, but it was guided, you can see, by the will of the Lord in line with the word of God that had been um, uh, hitherto proclaimed by the, the, the man of God called Micaiah. So you can see that there are no chances, there are no coincidences. You know, there are no coincidences in the spiritual realm. There's nothing like that. And friends, this is why it is very dangerous. And he warns in um, uh, the, the epistle of James in chapter 4, verse 13, and he says, Woe unto them who say, On such a day we shall go to such and such a city, we shall tread and earn a profit, and yet they do not consider that their lives are but a mere mist. You hear that? You cannot say that I'm going to do this except if the Lord wills. This is the point that he's making. And friends, this is where I want to invite you. If you have made plans this year and God is not involved in your planning, please just denounce them, renounce them and replan. Let us go back to the planning board. I want to invite you to the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord teaches that God created us um, um, from one man called Adam in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, that from one man, Adam, we are created, that we may seek the Lord, and that we may find him, grow up for him, that we may find him even when he's not far from us. He has determined our places of abode and boundaries and times of living, that we may seek him and find him, grow up for him even when he's not far. And then he goes right ahead in verse 28 and he says, For in him we live, move, and have our being. Friends, I'm here to tell you today that in accordance with the word of God in Hebrews 1, 3, the, the, the full manifestation of the glory of God is in Christ Jesus. You, you see? And as the Father is, so the radiance of, of his being is seen in Christ Jesus. So if you want to find your fullness of life, you need Christ in your life, for in him we move, live, and have our being. Everything in Colossians 1.17 makes sense in him. Your life cannot make sense outside Christ. It is impossible. We are like fish in the water. God being our water and we being our fish. Once you get fish and draw it out of the water, it is definitely going to die. Friend, how are you planning for this year? What is the point of your focus? I want to invite you to Christ Jesus in whom we have the fullness of life. And um, he is going to guide you in each and every way. And thereafter, the fullness of life is going to come. If you don't know him personally, this is going to be a good story. But if you get to accept him, I want to assure you that definitely God is going to give you the fullness of life. And uh, you're going to find purpose in living. You're going to find peace. There are so many people that have the sort of money that you desire to have. The sort of car that you desire to get, you see, to acquire. The sort of, 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 of dream wife that you desire to get. You know, one that is beefy, uh, the, the, the hind quarters, one that has a light skin complexion, one that is educated. There are so many of them that have divorced with them simply because they lacked or they got the main thing out of their marriage. And that is Christ. I want to invite you to Christ. So you can have him at the center of your life and plan with him and let him basically take charge of your life so you can follow. Tell him, dear Lord, today I surrender my life unto you. Come, Lord, and lead me. Come and be at the center of my life. Be my God and fill me with your Holy Spirit and rid me of my sin. May I walk in honor of your holy name. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Father, I want to pray that your power, your glory shall be upon the lives of your people that are listening to this message even today, even as you bring the transformation that we need to have in our lives. Be in charge and we pray that our lives and our plans and everything shall be conformed to your will in our lives. And this is how we are going to honor you. And this is how we are going to have the fullness of life. We bless you and we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed and believed. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.